Alrighty. I was told that um, apparently my toes were very off-putting in the last episode, so here we are, back with no toes because I've made the camera angle slightly better, so I hope everyone's a bit more comfortable. Yeah, so this episode's going over my experience in Vietnam and how I travelled over 2,500 miles on a $300, a $300 motorbike and crashed three times. Sorry, Mum and Dad. Uh, met a bunch of incredible people. Went to my favourite country in the world now. Um, became a white celebrity for a bit. Got food poisoning. Uh, seen some of the largest caves in the entire world. Got into all sorts of shenanigans. Went to a Vietnamese wedding. Yeah, that's pretty much what this episode is. So, I travelled to a bunch of countries, but Vietnam <clears throat> turned out to be my, my favourite of them. It's as if the people in Vietnam don't know how amazing their own country is. I don't really know any other way of explaining it. That's just the best way of saying it. Um, the place is just incredible all round in terms of the people, the weather, um, the culture, the foods, everything. So I guess I'll start at the start of the story. I flew into Ho Chi Minh or Saigon as some people call it, which is down the south. Um, and I fucking hated Ho Chi Minh and Saigon. I would not recommend it. The place is when I was flying into it, it was like flying into Lego City. And for as far as the eye could see, it was just buildings, like little Lego buildings. It kind of looks like District 9, if you've, if you've ever seen that movie. And yeah, it was just mayhem. And you get into Ho Chi Minh and it's like, no one has any idea on how to cross a road because the lights barely go off. A lot of them don't have like traffic lights. So you're just supposed to walk and the traffic kind of like a school of fish. So it's like, out of all the places, it was the busiest in terms of traffic. And you're supposed to just walk across a road and you can't break pace because if you stop, then you'll fuck up everyone's thing. So when you're walking across the road, just thinking in your mind, like, don't die, don't die, don't die, don't die, don't die. And just walking across the road. So that's the best way to describe um, Ho Chi Minh, Saigon. Um, First thing I noticed about like Vietnam in general is the coffee and the food were fucking incredible. They have like they're quite big on coffee, but one of the things they do is called cafe suada, and it's like Vietnamese coffee, which is really bitter and black, um, and they mix it with condensed milk and um, ice, and it's absolutely delicious. It's so good. Um, and then in terms of the food, like banh mi is huge over there, which is like little Vietnamese bread baguettes, like crispy pork and coriander and chili and red onion and patty, unreal. You're getting them for like a dollar fifty. Um, but yeah, flew in there, spent like two days there, and I was like, right, I want to get out of this place. And I met um, a guy from Switzerland called Nick. Uh, I've not actually spoke to him in a while, but I should probably contact him. But uh, I met a Swiss guy called Nick and I was like, right mate, do you want to hop on motorbikes and then drive to the top of Vietnam? And he was like, he was very, he was very professional. Like he's everything you imagine a Swiss person to be. 
He was just like very business orientated, wanted to get into investment banking, was tall, had like an English accent because he went to some like English boarding school. Like it was just everything you expect a Swiss person to be, but he was like funny and nice and like down to earth as well. And he'd never rode a motorbike, but he was like, yeah, I'm game. So we rented these motorbikes for the month for $300 from some dude who was an absolute legend to be fair. And on day one, we are driving out the city and that's where we got our first kind of taste of Vietnamese traffic. And that's another thing about Vietnam is they have the craziest drivers I've ever seen in my entire life. No one gives a single fuck. Like, no one uses their indicators. Massive semis and, like, two-ton trailers will turn in the middle of, like, four-lane highways and everyone just has to stop for them. People will pull out in front of you. Um, I never seen a dead body. I told a lot of stories up in, about up in Hajang of just like dead bodies lying about and no one cares because apparently it's normal. Um, anyways, we're driving out. We have a few kind of like scary ones. It takes us like an hour and a half to just get outside of the city. That's how like massive this city sprawls. Eventually we managed to get out and we are maybe a few hours outside the city and we stop at this place for like some lunch and I parked my bike, I had some experience riding motorbikes back home so I kind of know what I'm doing and how to ride them um, but this is his first time, I had a semi-automatic we stopped and I was like, do you want me to park that for you? And because this part next to where we were having lunch, it was like a little ledge that it was on so I was like, it can be quite difficult to just stop um, like get up on a legend and stop and he's like nah, nah nah I'm good and I'm like you sure? he's like nah nah I'm good so anyways he takes he takes a bike and he, he goes up on the ledge and he just like keeps going on the accelerator and like bangs into this fence and this plant pot on the wall this plant pot pure kills over smashes everywhere he's in like in the fence he's like tangled in it and he's like doing that scene out of like in-betweeners where Jay rides a motorbike and he just keeps revving. So he's like still revving into this fence for like a good 20 seconds. <laughs> Have to go over and like drag him off the bike. I'm like, next stop. Stop. Uh, I was fucking hilarious. But um, all the Vietnamese people just like, they honestly didn't bat an eye. He was like, he was trying to offer them money for the damages and that, and they just like, they just didn't care. Like, they just weren't arsed whatsoever. So that was funny. Um, he was a bit shaky after that. We managed like two more days on the bikes, and then he was like, nah, I'm packing it in. I'm getting, I'm getting buses from now on, which I don't blame him for after that experience. Um, driving and just Vietnamese traffic as well. Like, I get it. Anyways, I continued on that solo journey of my own. And Vietnamese roads were actually way better than I expected them to be. They're big, like, open highways. And a lot of them, especially down south, a lot of the roads, you've got pretty much to yourself. You just do, like, 85 kilometres per hour, to be fair enough. Like, easy on them. The roads are beautiful. Like, no potholes and stuff. Less potholes than you'd find in Britain, which is a fucking wild thing to even say. Um considering how it's actually do you know what Vietnam's actually quite well well done up anyways um rode on for about another week and went through some chaotic conditions like when I say I was riding through 
thunderstorms. I literally was, like I was riding through complete heavy rainfall, just everything taped down. Um, I had like my coat on, um, some sunglasses and everything. Cause I was basically trying to hide my face cause apparently like the, the cops in Vietnam, they pull over a lot of foreigners to just get bribes off them because obviously you can't drive there without a proper license. So I had like my hood up and like glasses on so you couldn't see anything. So you couldn't tell that I was white. I guess the only thing that would give it away is my stature, but um, so I would ride through like actual thunderstorms. Like I remember riding through the eye of storms, like it's fucking hailing. You can hear the thunder and the lightning going off and just being like, this is such a wild time. And I had to do that because I was working at the time. So I just had to get to certain places at certain times. So I'd be riding for like seven, eight hours in a day. And by the end of like seven or eight hours in a motorbike, you are just like, you're just done. Your body's just exhausted. And then you're just like covered in rain and sweat and grime and everything else. But fun, like it was chaotic, but it was fun. Like I had my backpack strapped down to the back of my motorbike and I had it wrapped in bin bags, which is the only way to keep it dry. It was just, just different. Anyways, up in uh, the middle, there's a place called Hoi An. Beautiful little seaside town. And spent a good couple of days there relaxing and like meeting new people and stuff. And there's quite, there's a decent amount of backpackers there, but it's not that busy in comparison to like Thailand and stuff. So I loved it in that regard because it was like this beautiful, amazing place, but people just didn't know that it existed, which was really incredible. Um, and I can't remember for the life of me the name of it, but there was another city right in the middle. Um, just before the High Van Pass and that was really cool as well beachside town and stuff anyways Nick met me there actually um, right in the middle of Vietnam on the coast and we spent a few days relaxing there and we found that a lot of Vietnamese people came up with their kids and wanted to practice English like people were just super friendly a lot of people asked to take pictures with you just because you're white um, and people love to speak English with you like they'll ask you to take like five minutes out of your day to just chill with them and talk like that's that's all they want you don't want money from you, you just want to chill and talk and the people were incredible like i highly recommend it for the people as well they're such lovely people um we after doing that middle bit we end up doing the high van pass um which if you've ever seen top gear it's like this beautiful kind of route through the mountains along the coast with these amazing views and that was amazing, um, but also shorter than I thought it would be. Just wasn't wasn't that long at all. Um, and we we got up a bit further and got to this place. And honestly, I should have researched, like, reaffirmed my memory from this a little bit better before I started this episode because I can't remember the names of all these places. Um, there's a place. Just kind of south of Ninbin, um, and it's where all the biggest caves in the world are. So the biggest cave is called Sondung, and it's in Phong Na. There we are. So we're in Phong Na, um, and we went to see all these amazing caves and went spelunking, and you're pure ziplining down and then fucking swimming through caves and shit, and that was unreal. You can't actually get to see the biggest cave because it's like a three-day trek in the jungle, so you can do that, but you just need to like book it, and it's expensive. Anyways, we're in Phong Na, um, and we're at the hostel, 
one night um, and we're having a few drinks and stuff and we hear like this, these noises start to come from next door like 5, 6 p.m. Like, oh, what's that? And then our like Vietnamese person that runs also is like, oh, it's like a wedding and stuff. So we're like, oh, cool, cool, cool. So we end up having like a few more drinks. I'm like, fuck it, should like, we go have a look. So we, there's like maybe a group of like 10, 15 of us go around the corner jump into this Vietnamese wedding, it's like all these marquees set up and they're like just like knee deep in karaoke at this point. Everyone's got like their beers and stuff and we just kind of like walk in, we're kind of like at the back and people start to notice us because we're the only white people at this Vietnamese wedding out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And then like before we know it, they're like grabbing all of us and they're like got us sat at a table, bringing up like cases of beer and food and cocktails for us, like they're just like like, we've just walked into this random person's wedding. They've then put us in, like, a centre table, give us loads of free alcohol and food, and are just so happy to see us there. So wild to, like... I, I don't know how to describe it, that they are just privileged to see us there. I, I don't know how to describe it. It feels weird, but they were just so happy to have us there. We end up, like, singing karaoke and, like, dancing with them for, like, a few hours that night, just, like, making all these Vietnamese pals. Fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, Fong Na was cool. Then we ended up heading up to... Or I... Because I was doing a lot of this solo. I ended up heading up to Nin Bin. Nin Bin. Look Nin Bin up. N-I-N-H. B-I-N-H. Just these incredible mountains. And like this river through it. Um, and that was unreal. Just like spectacular to look at. Like one of the most beautiful places I've ever laid my eyes upon. Um, and then after Ninbin, I made my way to Hanoi. And I fucked up massive on this as I put in directions for maps. And I didn't realise I'd put it in for car only when I was on a motorbike. Anyways, it led me the car route and I ended up on this highway that was car only. <laughs> I had so many cars beeping at me. And I obviously can't go back because you can't go the wrong way on a fucking motorway. I had, like, the police pull me over and stuff. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I didn't realise I came in the wrong one. And after much deliberation, they let me go on and go off at the next exit. So that was fun. Anyways, eventually made myself, or got myself to Hanoi. So it must have been, like, three weeks in total. Just under three weeks it took me to get from Ho Chi Minh up to Hanoi on motorbike. Three hundred dollars. There was twice that I keeled over. Like, not crashed bad, but, like, tried to slow down too fast on gravel and just fucked it. Um, and that was fun. I kind of felt like James Bond because it was never that bad. It was enough that I scraped elbows and knees, but no lasting brain damage, I hope. Um, so I killed over twice. Both times were, like, scary but fun. It wasn't as if I was being a bad driver. It's probably very arrogant of me to say, but, yeah, just being a bit daft with slowing down too fast. Um, anyways got to Hanoi spent a few days there with my brother actually so my brother decided he was going to come out so he came out to Vietnam and met me in Hanoi and we spent a few days together which was awesome and then we were going to go and do Hajang, Hajang Loop and like the day before I was going to leave I ended up getting food poisoning and I was just, I think that's the first time I've had food poison in about 15 years, but I was absolutely rinsed. 
I remember jumping down to the supermarket at one point to try grab myself like some some like juices and different things and I'd met this American couple that I'd met earlier and they seen me and they were like pure took care of me they were like nah get back to your room right now like we'll bring you all these drinks and stuff and I was like nah I'm fine I'll get it and honestly I thought it was as if I was going to shit myself be sick and pass out at the same time um, but luckily got over that in like two or three days but Hanoi I think was my one of my favourite cities in Vietnam just like everyone eats outside there's always stuff happening beautiful nature the people are incredible there's just so much going on like such a cool little city um, they're big on like egg coffee that's what they're known for up in Hanoi is egg coffee and they have a place called Ban Mi 25, um, which is one of the best Ban Mi places there. So, yeah, I'd absolutely love to know. I love seeing my brother. And we spent maybe, I ended up spending like eight or nine days there because I couldn't go. Um, but we done, or I done a day trip down to Cat Ban Halong Bay, or like three or four days I think I spent down there. And I wasn't that arsed about that, to be honest. Like, everyone speaks about Halong Bay about how amazing it is but I thought it was good but not incredible incredible um, but yeah still thoroughly enjoyed it came back from Katban Halong and then back in Hanoi and then we flew to Chiang Mai in Thailand and yeah first day off the plane in Thailand it was 42 degrees and 99% humidity me and my brother were actually just we just did not survive. Like, it was just not a habitat that we could survive in. Anyway, that's a story for, for next time, for the next podcast. But yeah, that's the... That's my stories from Vietnam. If anyone's get any ideas of what they kind of like to hear from future podcasts like this, if they want to hear specific things about Thailand, for example, they get any questions about it they'd like answered then yeah, feel free to like, just message me or jump down in the comments or anything, but yeah, that was my experience in Hanoi.